20. Nehemiah chapter 2, 18 through 20. The Bible says, Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's word that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the, the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we his servants will arise and build, but you have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. So Father, as we come to your word tonight, we ask you by the help of the Holy Spirit that you would just illuminate your word tonight. You give me the power and the ability to preach tonight. And uh, Father, as your word goes out, that your Holy Spirit would do his work in our hearts. Lord, that we might find encouragement tonight and challenge, uh, rebuke if need be, and, and chastening. Whatever, whatever the need we have in our heart, you know what it is. And we just ask you for that tonight, uh, that uh, you would mold us and make us as you have promised, like the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we look for that tonight. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, you know, whenever you go to build something, and here they are building a wall, Whenever you go to build, obviously, remember Jesus said, no man takes on the building of, I think it was what he said, a, a project or whatever it was, a tower, I forgot the word he used, and doesn't, this, this famous word, count the cost. He doesn't count the cost. And, you know, we need to always count the cost and the things that we do. And, 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 and uh, hopefully ahead of, hand, ahead of time, that's what it means to count the cost, to come in and figure out whether what you have done was a good idea or not and what the outcome is going to be of what you've done. That's part of counting the cost. I was just reading the other day, AARP. How many, anybody on AARP? Are you on AARP? Who's on AARP? Communist. It is totally communist, absolutely. And, uh, but AARP did a study out there, and they found that, uh, that people, individuals, in that are uh, you know, obviously AARP era, <laughs> is that a word? They, their, 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 their study was 65 years and older. They found it, those people, 65 years and older, if they have lived in one location for more than 30 years and they pack up and move to another location, I'm not done. The likelihood, the likelihood, this is, this is their study, the likelihood of financial ruin grew multiplied. Just absolutely multiplied. They went on to say if you actually ended up moving out of state and then ended up taking somebody um, that, you ha- that you were responsible, you know, say you have a parent or somebody you're responsible, that you bring that on to yourself, a parent or somebody that you're responsible for, the likelihood of financial ruin goes up over 30%. I'm doing this. You did do that, didn't you? Yes. Well, it wasn't smart. See, this is what happens when you don't count the cost, right? That's what happens. And uh, just according to studies out there, you know, these are not good things to do. There's several things that we learned last week about walls. 
There's several things that we learned about walls. Walls have a purpose, right? We like that. They have a purpose. They have a they 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 remedy a problem, okay? And they also, I think, I had another here is written down here. They provide protection. And walls are a good thing. They're not a bad thing, right? Remember, I told you uh, last last week. I made made the comment. Uh, the walls are not to get you know to to take away all of the fun that God wants you to have. God puts up walls because of the value of what is within the wall that he finds valuable. And it's you and I. And we have value to God. And you know what? He wants to protect us just like you want to protect the things that you think have value in your life. And, and how many life-altering choices, how many life-altering choices could have been averted if a wall was put up before the temptation came? No, we're talking preemptive, right? We put we put walls up. They're good, you know. You know, it's like the city, you know, out in the wilderness gets built. It gets uh, run over by the enemy, and they go, "Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we go ahead and put a wall up?" Kind of too late, right? Unless you're going to rebuild. And you know what happens when they rebuild? They definitely put a wall up this time, right? It happens in lives, doesn't it? When they get wrecked by sin, they go, "Oh, maybe I will put up a wall," because uh, obviously it didn't work last time without one, right? Why? Because we have an enemy, right? But as we've seen in Nehemiah, walls come down, don't they? Even when we build walls, sometimes we, the, the, because we uh, leave them unattended or because we allow an enemy to get in even though we have built a wall and we allow entrance through that wall or through that gate or we get away from God and, and uh, judgment of God comes, uh, walls do come down sometimes. They do come down. They come down because we allow them to, not because God wants them to, but because we allow them to come down. And every time we allow them to come down, uh, I can, you can mark it down, there is going to be defeat in your life. And even if walls do come down, okay, let me, let me, let me move on to, let me, let me put that aside. I, I, want to, I, I, want to, I want you to notice something before I go to this here. Walls, walls come down sometimes, right? And think about this. Look out, look out in our world today. Look out in the church world. Look out in the lives of, of individuals, of, of Christians uh, today. There are walls that have been allowed to come down all over the place. It's, it's, it's really astonishing, the walls that have come down. We talked about last week, ecclesiastical walls. That's a nice big word, isn't it? Ecclesiastical, ecclesia, called out assembly, church, where we get the word church, that German word, who, oh, he just read about the Polans, Kerka, Kerka, where we get the word church from. And uh, the, the, the root word, be careful of these Bible correctors that say church is a wrong word in the Bible, in your King James Bible. Uh, the word church, the, the derivative in, within that word church is... Uh, the church that Jesus started and the church that Jesus built. 
you know, a, a church, a called out assembly. Jesus said, I will build my church. So the writers, I think correctly, the translators correctly use the word kirka, use the word church because it's the Lord's church. It's not just some town, town hall down here of a called out assembly when the councilmen come together. It is, Jesus said, I'll build my church. And we're talking about ecclesiastical separation. Not every church that names the name of Christ is a church that Jesus built. He said, I'll build my church. What's it mean? There's going to be other churches. There are going to be churches out there that are not the church of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you there's a reason why this is a Baptist church? We are Baptist by choice. We are Baptist by conviction. We are Baptist because I believe uh, it, the, the Baptist uh, church uh, today that go by the, ter- the, 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 the doctrine of Baptist and the term and the word Baptist, okay, that, that is the most uh, closely, has, has the most identifying marks of the church that Jesus started. There's a re- Let me say it this way. We're not Presbyterian. Why? Because, listen, we don't baptize babies to merit grace so that God can choose them. Isn't that amazing The Calvinist comes along and says, well, God is going to choose whom he wills, right? Predestination for and all. We've talked about that, what that really means. We're predestined in Christ, not outside of Christ. But we, 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 they say, well, God has chosen, but, because it's all, of, it's all of grace and not of works. But if you would baptize that little baby, maybe it would merit grace and God would choose them. I thought you just said he's going to choose whoever. I like that. I like that thought. Yeah, that's how I'm like, huh? That, that makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. This, this is what they do. This is, this is infant baptism. That's why we're not Presbyterians. Why? It's not Bible doctrine. First of all, secondly, uh, baptism is believer's baptism. Babies can't believe. What are they going to believe? They don't believe, right? That's why we're not Presbyterians. That's why we're not a Methodist church. Oh, they don't, they don't have uh, uh, transubstantiation as the Catholics who believe the, the, the body and the, 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 the juice and the, and, and, the, and the bread become the literal body and blood of Christ. That's what Catholics believe. It's called transubstantiation. No, the Methodists don't believe that, but they do believe in consubstantiation where they believe, again, it merits grace. These are ordinances they do. No, listen, we're, we're, not, we're, we're not Methodists. We're not Presbyterians. We're not Pentecostals. We don't believe the, the gifts exist today, the sign gifts as they define them. They don't exist today. No, no, listen, friend, we're not, we don't lose our salvation. We are eternal in Christ. We have eternal life. Once the Spirit has been made alive by the Spirit of God, we have no evidence anywhere in the Word of God where that Spirit can die again after it's been made alive. We, listen, that's why we're not Pentecostals. We're not free will Baptists who have real problems with the same thing of eternal security. Obviously, we're not Mormons, right? We're not JWs. We are an independent Baptist church. Really, this is what it should be. And we can say this all day long. We better make sure we mean it and that we're accurate in it. But when we say that our sole charter is the Word of God and our sole founder and leader is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now listen, we can say that all day long. We better, we better make sure we, we practice that. There's, listen, within Baptist churches, there's a lot of doctrines of men. Yeah, there absolutely are. Watch this. Because we put up walls to protect our church, don't we? Yeah. Listen, a Pentecostal is not going to preach here. Amen. It's not going to happen. It's a wall we put up. It's a wall we put up. Now, it might have a Mormon come in once in a while. That's okay. We were just talking about that today, weren't we? 
I mean, could you think about being a Mormon woman and, and the, the hope you have is to have your own planet to be eternally pregnant on? I mean, that's just, what a blessing. What a blessing. Anyway, we put up, listen, we put up walls to protect our church. Walls of doctrine, walls of baptism, walls of the King James Bible, walls of Bible preaching, walls of soul. We're putting walls up that protect. Why? Because wolves come in. Because Satan wants to destroy. Amen. But here's another wall that I'm watching as we look about in just our American culture alone is the wall of holiness. Wall of personal, personal holiness in the lives of believers. What did God say? He said, be ye holy as what? I am holy, right? Wherefore, come out from among them. Second uh, Corinthians 6, 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, right? There are many things that have destroyed the walls of holiness around God's children. Remember the protection. They're because, listen, they're because you have value to God, because he loves you, because he wants a wall around you. And he says, be, hey, listen, he said, I'm holy. You need to be holy. What does that mean? Separate, set apart. Right. Listen to what Oswald Chambers said. God has one destined end for mankind, holiness. His one aim is a production of saints. God is not an eternal blessing machine for men. He did not come to save men out of pity. He came to save men because he created them to be holy. Do you realize when, holy, when the walls of holiness come down in your life, that communion you, you long for to have with God is not possible? Why? Because sin gets in the way. If you've, hey, listen, if you've ever been at a time in your life when God has been close and you get away, right, you begin to yearn for that again. And it's so subtle, sometimes you don't even realize it until you finally, God in His grace and His mercy, you get right with Him again and you realize, oh, how did I miss this? And then you realize, boy, isn't it great to be back again? Yeah. God made us holy when He saved us. Listen, He, he made us holy. The old man died. It was crucified with Christ and it's died. We've been made holy in its outside influences that, uh, uh, of the world, the flesh, and the devil that attack at the holiness that God wants us to live in. Because we are holy, we are supposed to live holy. Right? Because, why? Because we are, we are supposed to be that way. You can't partake of unholiness, unholy things, and expect to live a holy life. It's one in the same, they, they, they don't work. In his book, The Power of Prayer, R.A. Torrey had a whole list at the end of this book. And the list of the things that he left out of his life because he wanted the power of God on his life and his prayer life. And he said these words, this is why I don't go to the dance. This is why I don't go to the theater. This is why I don't play cards. These are the things he said in 1900, 1900, 1905 maybe, he had these list of things. He said, he, he, said, uh, he said, I don't live by a list of do's and don'ts. I live by this. Is what I'm doing holy? He said, because I want the power of God in my life. Yeah. Holiness. Look around. Look around at the average believer. It's, it's, it's aggravating, but then again, it's sad. It's unfortunate. Because they've been, being, uh, they've been fed a bill of goods. It's like when you send your kids over to their, to their friend's house and that parent gives them everything they want, 
right? And uh, could you, and it's like, of course they love that place. It's like, yeah, we want to go back over. We get to stay up all night. And we had ice cream and cake, and we went to blah, 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 right? And they get home, they have an attitude, think the world owes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you know how many of these charlatans have done, these to, done this to God's people? Oh, come on, you know. We live in an age of grace. We're not under law. You know, these people, oh, they're, they're just, you know, they're legalists. Oh, my, one of the most mystifying, wrongly defined, irritating words out there that gets thrown out there. And what that is, what that is, is just a way to shut down the conversation. Well, that's just legalism. And I think, well, you just don't know what that means, <laughs> right? Obviously, you have wrong definition. It's all, listen, holiness we put up a wall of holiness. Why, why all of these prohibitions on our life? Because, listen, friend, the world affects our heart. Right? How many read through the life of, of, of Solomon and it starts out so wonderful? And it comes to chapter 6, is it? One of those. And Solomon loved many strange wives. And it goes to say, they took his heart from God. Holiness isn't to ruin our fun. Holiness is to keep our heart from being destroyed by the world so we can, re so we can joy in, in our Heavenly Father and so we can have that relationship that He desires us to have. But the slide of the last 30 years to me has been astounding. Yeah. Some of you, I mean, some of you have been on, been on the planet longer than, than I have, obviously. It's It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's really, it's, it's astonishing to watch where we are. And uh, I was, uh, watched a video this morning. How many, how many like the Babylon Bee? You know what that is? Oh, it's, that's, where, that's my real news source. It's real news. The other's not real. No, it's all satire. But there's another one called Not the, not the Bee, I think it is, or not, whatever it is. And there's a video on there of a lady arguing with the guy. It was in England, arguing with a man. You may have seen this. Arguing with the guy why on earth he has his, his daughter in pink. And he's like, well, she's a girl. Well, you, every time I see him, he's, she's dressed in pink. Maybe she wants to wear another color. Well, she's a girl. She likes this color. And it goes on. And the woman is, and she uses these words. You're going to confuse her because she may not always be a girl. And you're going to confuse her. <laughs> I think, you know, you talk about flipping the narrative upside down. No, you are in confusion. And that shows how confused you are that you don't even know what confusing is anymore. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's out there. It's out there. It's perme and listen, it's coming into churches. It's coming into them all over the place. And I mentioned these two areas because here, here, herein is the battle Herein is where the battle lies to take your heart from God. Yeah. If This is what I was going to get to earlier. But if the walls have come down, and this is what I want to look at tonight, hopefully we'll be done soon. If the walls do come down, there is good news. They can be built up again. You can rebuild a wall, right? This is the spiritual application, one of the spiritual applications of the book of Nehemiah. 
walls can be rebuilt. How did the wall in Jerusalem came down? Well, they lived in sin and they disregarded God and God's prophets and the warnings of some 800 years. And I'm sorry, the enemy came in, right? I'm tell you what, when Satan runs over the top of your life, didn't happen immediately. You can look back and you go, oh, yeah, it's been about six months I've been letting this go on. And what do you know? <laughs> he showed up, right? Listen, walls can be rebuilt. They can be rebuilt. And so in our text tonight, I want to show you, I want to show you here, there's, there's something that you need to prepare for if you're going to rebuild walls. There's three things that are going to happen once you decide to rebuild a wall. Maybe you're here tonight and already from last week to this week, you've realized there are some walls that I've allowed to come down in my life. There are some things, some protections that have been around that I've allowed to put been put away. And I'm, I am living right now on the precipice of destruction or I'm living right in the middle of it right now and I know it, right? Let me tell you something. Tonight, I, I pray to God that you'll go home tonight and begin to rebuild a wall. But let me tell you something. When you rebuild, let me show you three things that's going to happen when you rebuild the walls. Number one, look at verse 18. Then told I of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Verse 19. But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king? Number one, opposition will come and they will mock. When you're, hey, listen, when you start rebuilding spiritual walls, you're going to have a lot of opposition from the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world will laugh at you, right? Your flesh is going to say no. How many have had, how many have gone through periods of, of intentional fasting and by about breakfast the first day your body's already screaming at you going no this is a bad idea you'll never make it to lunch and boy you start believing that real easy right amen absolutely they're going to mock satan's going to show up right he's going to mock he's going to he, he's he's going to he, opposition is going to come notice who these mockers are sanballat the horonite he's a samaritan Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, he's of the lineage of Lot. Geshem the Arabian, he's a descendant of Ishmael. None of these men were Israelites. They didn't care about the God of Israel, and they didn't understand the God of Israel. Isn't, isn't this how the world is? They don't get us, right? I mean, we're crackheads to them. We're nuts, right? We're crazy. Listen, if you're going to start to rebuild something tonight, and I pray you do if you have to, you're going to, listen, the mockers are going to come. They are going to come. If you, if you go home and say, you know what, I've got a lot of ungodly movies. I'm getting rid of them. I'm telling you, somebody's going to go, huh? You could at least sell them. Well, why would I? <laughs> no, I think I'll just throw them out. You just threw out like, you know. $5,000 worth of, I don't know what these things cost. How much is it? So how much is a DVD? I don't know. Nobody wants to say. I'm just kidding. So I'm, no, I'm just saying, listen, you steal them. That's right. There you go. I'm just saying, no, no, listen, God works in our lives. 
Obviously, there, there's, there, you can have godly entertainment. That's not what I'm saying. But listen, there is some ungodly entertainment that, listen, that, that you might, the Holy Spirit of God says, you know what? I, you have allowed this to go. How many have ever been there? You start with something and it's just, oh, it's just this or it's just that. And then it moves to this. And before you know it, you, somebody takes God's name in vain and you go, ah, and then you kind of let it go. And then before you, and then you're like, how did we get here? I mean, friend, we're all the same flesh. We all have the same battles, right? And uh, you may go out and say, listen, we're going to, that one's going and that one's going and this one's going. The mockers are coming. Mark it down. Why do you need to know this? Because if you know they're coming, it's easier to shrug them off. There's no surprise attack. I love this. God gives us here. No surprise attacks with Satan. The word of God shows us everything he's going to do. And we can be ready for it. It's only a surprise attack because we're not walking circumspectly. That's when it becomes a surprise attack, right? If you're with a bunch of friends and they, uh, you know, I I can see Hunter doing this. I know this is a real struggle with him. He's out with his friends and they're like, hey, let's go get a tattoo. And he's like, oh, man, I really want to. Oh, man. Well, not tonight, guys, because, you know, I got to get home and feed the cat. I don't have time. That'll take way too long, And right? Or if he says, could you imagine if, if Hunter and his, to his friends and he says, you know, my body belongs to God. And I know the day we're living, I, I, I mean, I, we got to trade, we, we got to, I mean, people don't know. They just don't know anymore. It's crazy. But he, Hunter says, you know, my body belongs to God. I, I can't deface something that belongs, that doesn't belong to me. Right? I, I don't identify with this. You know, I don't do this. I don't do this. Right. I mean, there's a day, I mean, people got saved and they, they, covered them up now they had saved them to go out and get them that's just weird anyway no if he would say that what's going to the mocking is going to come right right it absolutely will and uh so what's the choice well if i don't want to be mocked i just go along with it well it's sad because now the wall's coming down right i mean we i mean you can you can fill in the blank of illustrations here friend the mockers are going to come. They don't understand you. They can't understand you. It's not possible. First John uh, 4, verses 5 and 6, I wrote it down here. The, they are of the world, therefore I speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The, mockers, the mocker hears the word They, they hear the word, but they can't understand it. No, they hear the world. They understand the world, but they don't understand us. Opposition is going to come. Opposition is going to mock us. And opposition, watch this. Secondly, it's going to question your authority, whose authority you are. Look at verse 19. Look what they said here. They laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king? Ah, that's an interesting one. Will you rebel against the king? You can't rebel against the king, right? Little did they know that Nehemiah had all of the papers from the king because right. he was an aide to the king and a cupbearer to the king and an advisor to the king and had a bigger role than these guys did, than these men did, that's kind of weird, within the Babylonian Empire. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. The world comes and says, you, 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 you can't do that. You can't tell your boss you, you, you can't work Sundays. Huh. You just don't do that. 
You can't, hey, you can't tell the, the state that your church is going to be open during a pandemic, right? You can't do that. You can. <laughs> yeah, we did. Well, we didn't call them up and tell them. We just secretly bent in the woods. So, no, I'm joking. You can't tell. No, this is what the world does. This is what the opposition does. You can't tell the kid's teacher that your kid's not reading that assigned book, right, on gender fluidity. Used to be the worst books were like of mice and men because of the language that was in them, right, and things like that by Steinbeck and others. Uh, who's some of the other ones? Uh, the Old Man in the Sea and some of these ones we had to read years ago, and it was like, oh, there's bad language in it. Now they're telling you, now they're handing out books and how to figure out what gender you are. Yeah. Oh, no, you can't, you don't know, you can't tell, you can't tell a government school what you're going to do with your children. Hey, Daniel, Daniel, you, you can't, you can't tell the king that you're not going to eat his food or bow down to his idols. You can't do that. This is what they do. This is what opposition does, right? Do you remember, maybe you remember this, I, I don't think anybody was there at the time, but you read about it when Peter was put in jail for preaching and the angel let him out. And uh, what did he do? He went right back to preaching. So they went and found him again, right? The angel let him out, went right back to preaching. They're like, oh, I, thought we, I thought we had you locked up. Listen to verses 25 through 29 of Acts chapter 5. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence Right? For they feared the people lest they should have been stoned. So now they're just treading real lightly here. They don't, want them, they don't want to cause the people to be upset. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in his name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And they said, you're, this, who were they talking about? This man, Jesus. You're, you're going to, hey, you're going to bring this. Can I remind you, do you remember what they said when they said we have only one king but Caesar? Remember what they said? Let his blood be upon us and upon our children. Yeah. Well, now they want it the other way. Oh, well, hey, you're going to bring his blood upon us. Well, you asked for it. Yeah. Hey, can I tell you something really sad? Be careful what you say. Yeah. Our missionaries in Germany, they could go over to Poland and see Auschwitz. They could see all of these Camps in the ovens. Friend, Israel said, let his blood be upon us and upon our children. And it has been. But look what they say here. We don't want his blood upon us. Well, that's not what you said, that's not what you said a few weeks ago. <laughs> Listen to what they said. Saying, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? Right? Listen, Listen what Peter says. And Peter and the other apostles answered and said, you know this. We ought to obey God rather than man. Hey, the mockers are going to come. They're going to question whose authority you're, you're, you're living by. They're going, to, they're going to mock you for questioning the authorities that be. And you know what we, our response is? Hey, I'm sorry. We obey God rather than me. Well, you, no, you don't have to be ugly about it. You don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to be arrogant. You don't have to be condescending. Right? That doesn't help anything, and it's just not even Christ-like. Unless they're Pharisees, then you can do all of that. But, uh, yeah, opposition's going to come. They're going to question authority. Thirdly, and we'll wrap it up here, verse 20, they're not going to like the answer. 
Look at verse 20. Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we, his servants, will arise and build. But ye have no portion, no right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. (laughs) Get out. Roloff told a story of the uh, State Department of Texas coming uh, on his... uh, well, he had gone to the State Department and uh, with a couple preachers and a Bible, and he said, uh, I see your batting record's about zero in your homes, so we thought we'd bring you a list of our rules and regulations to maybe help you out because they're always giving them, the state was always giving them their rules and regulations. So he said, and they're seeing their state homes, they're not any good. He said, we thought we'd give them a list of our, our rules and regulations. He said, so we brought him a Bible. And the lady said, Gentlemen, do you know where you are? And he said, well, yes, but you can go ahead and tell me. And she said, you're on state property, and the Bible is not allowed. He said, wouldn't you know it, the next couple days later or whatever, he said, the state showed up at my door with their list of rules and regulations. And he said, lady, do you know where you're standing? (laughs) When they came to his door, he said, you're on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get your rules and get out. (laughs) Yeah. You have no right here. You have no portion here in in, in Jerusalem. Listen, the world has no right, no portion, no memorial in this church. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, no, we love them. We seek to win them to Christ. We go out after them, right? But no, listen, they can mock all they want, right? Absolutely. And they're going to. And they're not going to like the answer at all. The world will never understand us until they come to the saving faith in Jesus Christ. Then they'll get it. But before that, they won't get it. They're not going to understand it. Look what he said. I like this. The certainty for the task. He will prosper us. Nehemiah didn't need the approval of the world to make him successful. Don't ever forget that. You don't need the approval of the world to be a success for God. Actually, the opposite would probably prove uh, a detriment. Yeah, if, if, if the world comes out and approves your ministry, right? I always, it, always makes me, it always bothers me when a, a preacher has a national platform and the world loves them. It's like, ooh, I don't know. John the Baptist lost his head, right? He wasn't really liked. Don't worry about the approval of the world. The mockers are going to come. The opposition is going to come. I think Chick-fil-A has done just fine not being open on Sundays. Amen. Yeah. I think Hobby Lobby has done just fine being closed on Sundays and fighting mandatory birth control. They had to go to the Supreme Court over that one. Yeah. Whatever God tells you to do, whatever God tells you to build, Whatever, God's, whatever wall God is telling you tonight to rebuild, listen to me tonight, build it. Build it. He'll prosper you. He will make sure it's done. Yeah. If God be for us, who can be against us? Right? The certainty for the task. Look at this here. The conviction. The conviction he had. Therefore we his servants, not the Persian king's servants, 
He's talking about the servant of God, though, though he is a, a still an employee of, of the Babylonian empire, empire. He's talking about God here. Therefore, we, his servants, will build. Why? God is our authority. God will prosper us. So we're going to build. We're going to build. Conviction. Boy, isn't that a bygone thing, right? If I had another hour, I'd go over and preach about Naboth and conviction. But you can go look at it yourself. Notice here again, lastly, the final stab, a covenant. Israel was a covenant people with God. Ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Why? These, these non-Israelites were not under the covenant for the land. No, listen, unfortunately Israel is having to come in and retake land that they should have never had to leave because of their own sin, right? They're having to start over again. And actually, it was a generation, just like Egypt, coming out of Egypt, when they finally, Israel finally came into the promised land, the generation that went in, the parents should have already done all that work getting into the promised land, but the kids had to do it. Yeah. Here it is again. A generation, a generation is having to clean up the mess from the future to previous generations that allowed it to go. Listen to me tonight. Don't leave something behind you that a generation behind you has to clean up. Yeah, don't do that. So, counting the cost, building, constructing, rebuilding. So did Martin make a bad move or what? What does it matter if God told them to? Do you know everything I said about those statistics? I made them up. (laughs) They weren't even true. I totally made it up. Yeah. But the world, listen, the world does stuff like that. It mocks us. And they say, oh, statistically, this is what's going to happen. Oh, oh. This study says this, and this study says that, and you got to wear your mask this way and not that way. And if you don't do this, and if you congregate with people, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and this is going to go on. And so what? Right? If God, hey, if God tells you to move, go against the odds and move. Well, not from this church. Don't move anywhere. I mean, you're not you're not allowed to. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something tonight, church. We're moving forward. Why? Why? Because God said so. What was the evidence that Nehemiah had that that he was in the will of God, that this was of God? What what evidence did he have? Did God, show me anywhere in the text, in any of these, chapter 1, chapter 2, where God showed up to Nehemiah and said, go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the wall. He didn't. What did Nehemiah have? He had a burden. He was broken. And he had a burden to go repair what had been destroyed by sin. That was the evidence that it was of God. And you know what else? As he went along, as he went along and he made his way there, he had, he had um, confirmations all along the way. The king didn't kill him for being sad gave him everything he needed to pass that way 
give him all the authority, all of the lumber, all of the money, everything. And he gets there and he said, no, God's prospering us. How did he, what, did he, what, did he, what did he know from this? It was of God. It was absolutely of God. You know why we're moving forward? Because God is leading that way. Yeah. And I think it's pretty obvious watching the good hand of our God upon us that he's been behind it. I don't have time to go through it all, but you know, I've, we've, done, we've looked at it many times, how God has brought us, Crimson Avenue Baptist Church brought us right here to be over there, to reach everything that's around it. Well, how many members do you have? Who cares? Don't you think I've thought that through? <laughs> Lord, are you sure? Yeah. And then as it goes on, more leave because they just don't like it. Lord, are you sure? Well, you had a perfectly fine property. Why would you do that? Makes no sense. Yeah. I think it's a terrible thing leading a church into debt during a national recession. I was text that, believe it or not. FYI, we have no debt. Anyway. The world's going to mock. They're going to question your authority. They're not going to like the answer. Listen, church, we're just going to build anyway. We're going to build anyway. Why? Because God will prosper. He'll prosper. Let me ask you tonight. Are there any walls in your life that need rebuilding? Walls of holiness? Areas of your life maybe that need a wall? Right? Yeah, you've just re- neglected to put a wall around... Uh, an area of your life and the Holy Spirit of God is saying come on now you need to put a wall around this whatever the world says just do what God says and he'll prosper you amen our father thank you tonight Lord we're living in a day and an age we're living in a time of of just just apathy. We're living in a time of a falling away. And it's so easy. We're watching those who we thought were strong, who we thought had some conviction and standards and love the Word of God. And, and, and no, no doubt, uh, um, you know, they, they have a relationship with you. But boy, just watching people get swept up with the world and swept out with, with the latest stuff going on. It's just, it, it's, it's quite a thing to watch. And Lord, we can all be there. But by the grace of God, there go I. And there may be an area in our life that if we don't attend to, we will be there as well. So, Father, whatever your Holy Spirit is pointing on tonight, would you help us to respond to you tonight immediately and just build that wall, whatever it is, whatever you put your finger on, that we would do that tonight. And then for our church, as we move forward and build, Lord, help us to be ready for the enemy, be ready for the mocker, be ready for those that don't understand us, be ready for those who question what we do. And Father, what they, at the end of it, like those prophets of Baal at Mount, Mount Carmel, may they come away and say, the Lord, He is God, the Lord, He is God. May you be glorified in it. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand tonight, if you would, have a short time for invitation. The instrument's going to play. However the Lord has spoken to you tonight, Would you respond to him immediately? Maybe God has told you you need to build a wall somewhere. 
Maybe God has told you you need to rebuild something. But you just tell him tonight, Lord, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to need your help. Obviously. But I'm going to do that. I'm going to build that wall. Maybe you've taken some standards, some, some, some stands over your life. And as the world is changing, you're not moving and you're taking more and more opposition for believing the Bible. Can I tell you to stay, just stand tonight? Let them talk. Let them mock. Let them question. Let them scratch their head. If they are honest and looked at their life, they're not doing real well. Yeah. I don't know about you, friend. I kind of like joy. I like peace. I, li- I like a communion with God. I-, I kind of enjoy that. And I've lived at both stages. One of the most miserable places to be is out of the will of God. Miserable. Don't let the miserable people determine how you live your life. Good to see everybody outside. Pray for all of those who weren't able to be here tonight and and uh, for those that are sick. So good to see everybody that is able to be here tonight. Good to see you all. And uh, we will see you Saturday while I'm in prayer and uh, uh, visitation, soul winning. And then we'll see you on Sunday morning. So let's be dismissed in a uh, word of prayer tonight. And get around and say hello to Brother White. And uh, I'm glad you're able to be with us tonight, Brother. I won't hold it against you how tall you are. It's... <laughs> you can handle the mockers. That's right.